0: For today, I am going to be doing a a bit of a last minute episode going over what we experienced over at the Mark Evans uh, mastermind not too long ago. And uh, I'm walking around right now, it's about five o'clock in the morning. I'm in an unfamiliar city, but it's beautiful out in the morning, and uh, the gym actually isn't even open yet. So I figured, you know what, instead of doing like a re release while I'm out here, I will do a, uh, a new one. So I apologize if the sound isn't as crisp and clear as it usually is with all of my fantastic new equipment. But you might hear some birds singing. You might hear the sun shining and coming up this morning. But uh, again, back to my New Year's uh, Thanksgiving resolution. Keeping the commitments to just getting up early. So I'm going to run down some things. But what was cool about this was, you know, a couple times a year I've been trying to be pickier about the events. I've been trying to be pickier about the events that I actually go to. So... I don't want to just be going to everything, Um, but I did just take a few days and go to Mark Evans' event in Florida. So I am a member of his mastermind. He has a couple of them, and I'm a member of a couple of other masterminds as well. But I went to Mark Evans' event in June, and I thought it was outstanding. And we've been doing kind of an online community thing, and what they recently said was they were gonna have a a kind of a group together. So he's got the DM Alliance, he's got the DM family, and uh, he's pretty good at He doesn't really tell you what you're gonna do or what you should expect. He just kinda says, here's the days I have something going on. If you guys wanna be there, book it up but you're gonna love it. He doesn't really tell you anything but I will say he historically has, the guy goes above and beyond. So he's a showman for sure. He likes to over deliver. So I'm never worried about am I gonna go somewhere that he says is gonna be a surprise and it not being like a big production. So you know, he's one of the few people that I actually trust in that scenario. What it turned out to be was pretty cool so you come in on Tuesday and and, uh, prior to that what was really awesome kind of backing the whole thing up was I I went out to California for the Gordon Ryan fight which didn't wind up happening but while I was out there um, you know I've had a bunch of bucket list kind of places I wanted to go train uh, jiu-jitsu at. My buddy Jason Eisner taking a class with Eddie Bravo, of course hitting my buddies over at uh, Gracie Torrance, my friend Alberto Crane at Legacy Burbank. Legacy BJJ MMA uh, trained at a few different spots, which was pretty cool. So I got to kind of do that and knock out some stuff I've always wanted to do on the LA side, as far as like sightseeing or whatever, you know, the the tourist thing. But you know, I've been out there so many times and I never really got to do it. So I went up to Griffith Park, hung out there for a little while, walked up the mountain, saw the Hollywood sign, uh, drove around the hills, drove around the valley. I, I've never been much of an LA guy. Uh, I love the weather, I love the jiu-jitsu, I love the food. Um, but man, driving up a little bit, uh, I believe it's north over there towards the Pasadena and the San Gabriel Valley, and just seeing the mountains and all the hills and the way the, the fog kind of lifts in the morning and you get to see the the mountains that get exposed over there and just drive around and see some of the houses that have their backyards kind of hanging off looking over the valley, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. So I definitely would have, uh, will like it to spend in the future a little bit more time Doing the you know, Some hiking and scenes of different stuff, but You know, I thought it's important every day still got up at like four ish and uh Got my workout and got my day going then did some stuff Trained jiu-jitsu at least once a day usually twice a day and uh, you know, there's always excuses not to do stuff I've always wanted to go to the headquarters and train with Eddie bravo himself and uh, what I did was I after training Lake Gracie Torrance, which I should not have done first because I had some tough rolls and I really needed the extra energy, I um, made a million excuses why I couldn't go down and trade at any Bravos that day. And you got to just manage those excuses and get them wrangled in. So took a car down there to downtown, jumped in there, met my buddy John Cho. Shout out to him. Fantastic black belt who runs 10th Planet Orange. Uh, he came and he met me over there, which was awesome. I really appreciate that. We got some really cool training, got some really good rolls in, and then uh, I was so exhausted. And then Eddie put me with one of his killer uh, rushing dudes in the ditch. The guy was just the guy was just too much for me that day. So, um, but it was a great experience. Everybody was really cool. The class was cool. Eddie's teaching style and energy lived up to the expectation. And uh, went down there and did. I had a great time. So, but from there I flew right from California directly to the event in Florida. So. Tuesday, we rolled in, and what it was, he had a a movie premiere, so it was pretty cool. So, Mark is uh, in the process of finalizing his documentary. I believe it's from Trailer Park to Millionaire, and it's all about his story growing up in uh, Ohio and now becoming the DM, the dealmaker himself. And you guys definitely link up with me if you want to be connected in any way to mark's mastermind i could definitely link you up or you in the right direction for which way to go just shoot me a dm or text me 516-540-5733 and we can get that going but now the the cool part so you come out there and tuesday was going to be the premiere so dressed to the attire you know guys had tuxedos people were dressed up it was really cool like uh guys girls everybody and you know you came in there and me and my buddy mike seidel and uh, his his friend and his lovely Lois, we jumped in a, our own little Escalade over there and we showed up at the premiere and they had like the red carpet thing out there and I got to see a lot of uh, familiar faces, people that I've known, people that I've known online, people that i met in the past, but a lot of business guys, investors, entrepreneurs that were all there, dressed to the T's, walking the red carpet, they had photographers, he rented a bunch of buses, the entire theater was all rented out for him, so it was cool. You could see his kind of name on the marquee, uh, the popcorn bags, the candy, everything. Like He was branded all over the place. It was pretty awesome. So he came in. Mark always looking the part, dressed to the nines, snazzy and classy. And uh, snazzy, I don't know if that's a word, but you get where we're going. DM presented himself awesome. So he came in, and uh, they had a beautiful theater, and the guy who was making the film, the director came in, and he made some pre-movie you know, speeches and got up and talked to everybody about what it was and what they were doing. And, you know, I got to see uh, Tim Bratz and a bunch of other friends that were a part that I've known for a long time that are doing really well. So it was cool. So I got to experience, it was an invite only. I believe you could have maybe won like four tickets, but I got to be part of a very select group that got to go see the premiere of Mark's film. And what it turned out was that was actually the last scene as well. So they were actually going to finalize the movie with that whole last scene after premiere and then release the actual one I don't know sometime over the next six months I'd imagine maybe a little bit longer depending on how the movie thing works but finalizing that so it was pretty cool so just another example of a guy who you would look at today and he has an amazing life and he lives this extravagant lifestyle with sick cars and houses all over the place and you know he's making all this money for public speaking and he's got these groups and he owns all these properties and he owns all these businesses and he calls his own shots. Mark's a very direct guy. He is who he is, which is why I gravitate towards him. You just, you know, straight shooter, no bullshit. I, I love a guy like that. So, but he's him and he's, he's earned that because he doesn't have to answer to anybody. So, you look at somebody like that, you want all the things they have, and then you assume sometimes that these people came from places that you don't understand or haven't been through, or he's got opportunities that you didn't have, and you know he can do it, but you can't do it. You tell yourself this story about why that person's able to put themselves in that situation that you're not, and then you watch a movie like that, and you see that the guy grew up in a trailer park with a small town, I, I forget the amount of people, but it was a very small town, there wasn't a lot of people there, and he just was like, you know what, I'm not gonna be stuck in a small-town mindset, in a small-town mentality, I want bigger. I want more. And he went out and he got after it. And he he failed a bunch of times like everybody else. And he gets his ass kicked in business like everybody else. And he has his tough days like everybody else. But he pushes through and he doesn't quit. Unlike everybody else that comes through and makes excuses for shit. And so, I always am inspired by people that you get to see build these amazing empires and these amazing iconic businesses. And now went from having like a you know a business to having. Businesses to having masterminds, to having a, a movie made about him that's going to go out. And you get to see also a lot of the people that popped up in there, like the Jennings, uh, Jennings, shout out to him. He's a guest of the A-Game podcast. We were his first podcast, but I met him when he first joined up with Mark and he came on the podcast when he was doing his first deal. And then you get to see the testimonials of the people that Mark's helped over the years and watch them turn into millionaires from you know, not having the money to even join his mastermind to being in these amazing positions and owning all these properties and now having their own groups and stuff like that. And Jennings is such a nice guy, such a good guy. So you get to watch the, the way that he's affected other people. And, you know, I don't, you don't see Mark really, he he doesn't brag about it. So it's a cool thing to watch that you could see it's important to him to have that impact on people, but also, you know, I don't know, it's just, it's an interesting mix, but you know that's that's the kind of people that I want to surround myself about and I, I've seen enough people now that over the last three years have created a, a huge lifestyle for themselves by surrounding themselves with other people that inspire them to not make excuses and go after it so I thought it was a really cool experience I enjoyed seeing Mark Evans DM and uh, being able to just be part of that historic thing and his premiere and stuff like that and get to kind of be with the group of some of my buddies and some of my new and old friends that got together so Started that day, we went to the premiere, sat with my buddy Mike Seidel, uh, and got to hang out, got to talk to people, got to, you know, catch up with some of my my other buddies before and after, and and it was a cool thing, so that was great. Went in, saw the movie, went home, I know a bunch of other people went out, but again, I gotta get up early, I gotta get stuff done. So, wake up the next day, uh, get my buddy TJ, um, and we go and we train with Rafael Diaz out in... Uh, Florida did some uh, high-level jujitsu in the morning in his backyard it was the first time I got to actually train jiu-jitsu outdoors which is freaking awesome so went down there got some really good tips bright and early at about uh, probably around 6 something a.m. I think we went over there but I usually get up before and I'll work out before I go to jiu-jitsu in the morning so picked up TJ in the uber got to see the Sun come up over the beach went there got some tactical jiu-jitsu in, and they got some good rolls in And then went back and got ready and now mark has the mastermind day so what was cool was he had the dm family the day before which is like the high high level guys and then he had kind of our group which is more of like a a lower level group kind of more dip your toe in type of group um the day after but he mixed them so the dm family guys came back to our day again and we all sat together and we experienced day two which was cool so you got to again see people that you Get to network with it was a little bit of kind of socializing you get to see people with different businesses my buddy anthony chopa who was just on the podcast haven't actually met him in a long time i don't know if i actually ever met him the last time but uh, it's cool just to see people that you've established relationships with you know doing awesome and get to spend some face-to-face time with these people that you have these online and social media relationships with was, was freaking awesome so got to do that and then they kick off the day and mark gets up and kind of he had everybody go around and tell what their biggest ask was meaning like, what are you guys here for? What's the biggest thing I can help for you, for you? Because it's in this room. And he explained the power of being in rooms like that, of kind of, hey, whatever you need, like, it's here. People are here to help you. And, and what I also appreciate about that I see a little bit different in, in a room like that is I've gone to some of them where they say be open, be vulnerable, but there's still a level of insecurity in doing that in business and, and a little bit of distrust in the fact that, like, are, is there going to be judgment? Are people going to take what they say here and then expose it other places because it's supposed to be a sacred place in there. Like it's, it's almost like the MMA gym where you don't release the sparring footage. You don't release who did what with who. Like you're supposed to be working on stuff in the gym and those are supposed to be your training partners where you can try stuff and talk about stuff and work on stuff and you know, not have it be used against you. So that was kind of a cool thing over there because I felt like in that room it actually was true and you would see people open up and it made other people open up You got to hear and see that there's people that are doing amazing, but they all struggle. Everybody has days that they don't want to get out of bed. Everybody has distractions. Everybody has good deals and bad deals and insecurities and excuses and and stuff. Everybody's got shit, you know, so, but you watch them overcome it and you watch how other people in the room can come there and say, hey, I went through this. Here's what I can offer you. Going through this. Here's what I can do. I know a guy they can help you. I know a girl they can help you. I know X, Y, and Z. And that's the power of it. I've always looked at it as like, how do you grow? Like I'm trying to take away tips for what's changing in the market, what's some new tools, processes, systems, how's chat GPT, like whatever kind of stuff. You just want the pulse of guys that are doing a little bit or bigger, faster and stronger than you. But then I went into my hotel room and there was a letter from Mark about like, hey, thanks for being here. And we're here for you when shit hits the fan. And that's where I was like, yeah, like that's the kind of stuff I need is it. You need that safe from places you can go of people that have already been in that experience where you're going, man, like 50 grand, 100 grand, like this deal's going south. This has happened and that's happened. I'm like, what do I do? And you feel like your world's ending. And then you meet another guy there that's like, hey, man, like my deal's going south and I'm losing $8 million. And it's like, oh, there's just levels to this game and there's levels to the wins and there's levels to the losses. But the people are still there and they're still going through and they're still reaching out for help. And having that group that you can go to. To me was was very just very comforting and reassuring it gives you a little bit of confidence a safety blanket of like okay like these are people that when things are bad they've all been there they they can all empathize they can all sympathize and they're not there to criticize and i think that that's a an extremely important room to be in um and i think a guy like mark evans almost like a guy like matt sarah like it, it becomes bullying he wouldn't let that go on he, like you're not going to make it into that room if you're that type of person and I believe he kind of sniffs that out ahead of time. So I very much appreciated that and listening to other people. Not that I was happy to hear people were going through stuff, but it's relatable and it lets you feel like you're not alone on an island. And it does give you hope of like, hey, people get through this stuff. I'm gonna get through this stuff too. Whatever the problem's big or small, like the life of an entrepreneur or just anybody, you get stuff, you get crap, you get things that are going on. It's, it's not always rainbow and sunshine. So that was one thing. But then he brought up this guy, Bobby Castro, which is where kind of the title of this, this episode goes. Bobby Castro was a guy who I believe started out with $1,700 he bought. It might be $17,000. Either way, it was a small amount that I believe they borrowed from their mother in law and then wound up starting a business and eventually selling the business for a billion dollars with a B. So Mark's funny in the sense that he's like, man, I'm not really good at planning. I like to hit guys up last minute, and if they're available, they're available. Bobby lives not too far. He's driving up here right now, and it's his birthday, and he's a billionaire. So I've met very successful people, very wealthy people. But this was my first experience meeting an actual billionaire with a B. The guy's got a nine-figure real estate portfolio. And I believe he just turned 56, 57-ish. Sorry, Bobby, Russia, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna get him on the podcast. But it was awesome. So meeting a person like that and just seeing like another level. And I remember the first time I ever met a millionaire. I remember it very clearly. And just thinking like, what? Like that person's a millionaire but they're just a normal person. Like I thought when I met a millionaire, they were going to be these like seven foot tall, like amazing people that float into the room with like golden shoes. I don't know, like you just, but you feel like it's something different. There's, they're not us. They're not me. They're not, they're just something different. Like I can't be that. It's a different species. It's a different person. And then I remember my biggest takeaway was, but that's just a normal person that I just talked to. And they were asking me questions and I was answering stuff for them. And like, what's the difference? Like if they can be a millionaire, I can be a millionaire. If they can do real estate, I can do, and it gave me that confidence. And so over the years meeting millionaires and now like the majority of the people that I know probably are, into then you start to meet people that are worth like tens of millions and then people that are worth hundreds of millions. And then you start to see like, holy crap, like what's the difference here? And then you just see not much, just kind of bigger swings, bigger businesses, making smart moves, making the right moves, getting in the right rooms, surrounding yourself with the right people getting the right mindset, having the right habits. like All the stuff you will receive just with more of a commitment, with more conviction on a bigger scale. So I made a billionaire. And I say this to people all the time, but when they're new and they come in, if I'm teaching a class or I'm having a discussion or listening to the podcast, all the new investors want to hear is how do I run ARV? How do I run expenses? How do I talk to realtors? What list should I pull? How do I fill out a contract? How do I find a good contractor? And they think that that's the thing. If I just knew how to find a contractor, if I just knew how to get the money for the... Then, and I tell everybody that the more experienced and successful people that I meet, whether it's in athletics, entertainment, business, real estate, whatever, they don't talk about that stuff. They don't care about that stuff. Because the reality, like my buddy Brandon Turner said, is that if the information was what you needed, everybody would have a six-pack and $100 million dollars. The information is out there. That is not the thing. It's what happens in that most dangerous neighborhood in every place in America, which is between your two ears. Uh, It's like a New Year's resolution. Everybody has their New Year's resolutions and they have every single intention of honoring them and committing to them. But what happens in February, March and April that's different? It wasn't that you don't know what to do. It doesn't know that you know not to eat fast food. It doesn't know that you you don't everybody knows to get up, exercise, not hit the snooze button make time, eat veggies, cut out the car, but they don't. Life gets in the way. It's because of habits and processes and systems and and not knowing the right move. or not having somebody to go to 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 talk to, to, to when you have those moments of indecision and you wind up getting analysis paralysis and doing nothing. so It just reinforced everything I say all the time because Bobby had a book, The Upsiders. I believe it's The Upsiders. I'll edit it if not, but I have it sitting on my coffee table right now. But he says, hey, look, guys, here's my book. Here's the stuff I want to talk about. If you want to learn how to make a billion dollars, like tactically, step by step, it's not in this book because that's not the thing that's going to help you become a billionaire because that's not what's important. It's these other things that we're going to talk about. And again, it was all the mindset stuff, the things between your ears and the story and the self-doubt and the grind and, and you know, having a supportive spouse. And those are the things. So that's why you you'll listen to this podcast a lot. And sometimes we don't get as tactical because that's not really the stuff. And and the new people might not understand that yet, but the experienced people do. And when I have the entrepreneurs and the business guys and the real estate investing guys and girls that listen to this podcast and they hear the stories and the struggles and the things that other people overcome, that's why that's important. Because the same way I'll hear that at a mastermind and get inspired or help me push to the next day or get over the next thing or Just give a different outlook on something I'm going through or feel like, hey, other people are through this, I can do this too. That's what they're getting when you listen to this podcast and they hear somebody else having the same thing. So really that's the important stuff. And to have a millionaire, a multi-multi-millionaire, I know a billionaire, just keep saying the same stuff is, you, you can ignore it if you want, but eventually you're gonna realize that that's the thing. It's your mindset thing. And I tell people, if you don't understand the power of getting your head right, you need it more than everybody. So it is um, the the most important thing. So you'd think he'd be there to say, this is how you build a business. This is how you scale a business. This is how you sell a business. This is how you hire the right people. But he didn't. He was like, look, I'm going to give you the key right here. What we need to do is figure out what's distracting you because we need to start making high level decisions, not low level decisions. And he gave the example of Steve Jobs where I believe Steve Jobs wore the same exact outfit every day. Not the same one, but he bought like let's say 50 of the same one, and basically just had the same closet, that it was all the same shirt, all the same pants, all the same everything, because he didn't want to use any brain power for stuff that he could just basically automate. And I thought that that was one quick takeaway that I got from this discussion was, if you're already in a place of having to make decisions every day as a business owner or real estate investor, you can get decision fatigue, and that decision fatigue gets wasted on things like what shirt am I gonna wear, what exercise am I gonna do with the gym? What am I gonna order for food? Whereas I'm thinking about things of like, simplify my clothes selection, put this stuff on auto rotation, just put processes in place as much as I can so things get automated and I don't need to be making low level decisions on a daily basis. I have pre-prep meals that I get delivered and I'm just gonna say look, as long as they're you know, non-dairy, high protein, low sugar, Just say whatever you want. I don't care, I'll eat it. I'm just gonna set the times that these are the times to eat these every day. I'm gonna roll out of bed, I'm gonna do this workout, I'm gonna pre-do all that stuff, I'm gonna time block, I'm gonna get things down there. So again, I can start to just automate stuff. I also um, took away the power of delegating again, which I've gotten away from, and I've been in this weird position of saying, you know what, I'm gonna hire people to do X, Y, and Z so I don't have to do it. But then you do it, and I'm like, yeah, but it's so easy, it's just time consuming it's stupid for me to waste money hiring somebody to do that. And then you start to, again, look at, well, what is my time worth and what am I doing here? So I made the decision to start hiring a couple new people. I was out here and I started that process and that's in in going, so I started making my SOPs there. So things like this, they just push you to start to do these little things that you've been putting off or help you say, I've been on the fence about whether to do this or do that, and it kind of pushes you there. So Bobby helped with that. So first off, one takeaway, automating as much as you can, so you don't have to get decision fatigue making low-level decisions. So, Stuff that you can just make processes out of that you don't have to use that brain power in the day, in the morning, whatever it is, start to do that, takeaway one. Takeaway two, really find people here that are going to be able to take things off your plate that are not moving the dial. So It was a massive thing, so backing it up. The other thing that we went around the room and we did over and over again was, he talked about distractions and he talked about how That's the biggest thing that's keeping everybody from being successful. And he made everybody go around the room and talk about what their biggest distractions are. So it was really eye-opening to watch. A lot of it was people that were getting decision fatigue. They were not making decisions or doing things that were really moving the dial in a big way to take you from six figures to seven figures, seven figures to eight figures. Those things were an eye-opener because more than half the room was like that. The other thing was you know, self-doubt, insecurity, a lot of fear of failure, fear of success. A massive one was social media. People log on. They think they're doing business on social media, and then they just wind up scrolling. So Procrastination, getting into social media, which I heard an example of social media once. They say it's like the refrigerator of today, meaning you have the refrigerator, and people constantly go back into the kitchen, and they open up the refrigerator, and they stare at it, like something magically is going to appear there after the last 10 minutes that you just checked. Now, you don't even know what you're looking for, but you just keep opening it, you just keep opening it, you just keep checking the fridge and checking the fridge and checking the fridge, and nothing's any different. You know what's in there, same crap. That's a lot of what social media is. You keep going back and, sh- and scrolling, what's in there, what's in there, what's in there, and then you get automated to, to do that. So stuff like maybe locking out the screen and then really asking yourself, how much business is this bringing in? And if the answer is that it's really not bringing a lot, then maybe just get the hell off of it. You know, so there was a lot of people on there that they were like, yeah, it takes up most of my day. It's my biggest distraction, it's my Achilles heel. And they were like, well, how much revenue is it bringing you in? And the reality was they were like, none. And most of the time I'm on there, I'm not doing business because I get caught in the scrolling, scrolling uh, black hole. So it's some of those things that you just need somebody to point things out and just tell you like, hey, that's not making you money. You think it is, so you can sit there and say, hey, I'm working, but the reality is you're really not. Um, the other thing was, uh, you know, getting those distractions out. So that, that was a major thing and just go around hearing that everybody struggles with all the same stuff. So getting focused was the key thing. I believe there was a special with Steve jobs and, oh man, who else was it? Maybe Bill Gates or maybe Warren Buffett and Bill Gates, but two really successful people. And they said, if you could write down on one word what the key is to being successful, what would it be? And neither one of them looked at each other. They both got a pen. And they wrote down on the piece of paper and they said, on the count of three, turn it around and show it to the camera guy. And both of them turned around and both of them, it was focus. So a lot of that comes down to a guy who made a billion dollars, was just like you and I. And he started out with nothing, turned it into this empire and did it through struggle and accountability and making high-level decisions and not getting caught up in the analysis paralysis and putting the right people in the right places and not having decision fatigue and knowing what to outsource and only doing things that move the dial and not making excuses, like all the things you hear about and talk about every day, but you think there's some secret, and there's not. You know what the information is. You know what you have to do. You just have to figure out why are you not getting it done because that's the reality of it. We all know what to do. We all know how to lose weight, why you're not getting it done, really why you're not getting it done. Because the person you're gonna to lie to the most is gonna be yourself. That's the key there, is you can make all these excuses in the world, but at the end of the day, that's what, that's what it is. It's we lie to ourselves about what we could be doing, what we should be doing, and we gotta change that DNA. We gotta identify those problems. So that room helped extract what it is. And so the exercise we did was we wrote down, like, it's supposed to be, I think, our 10 biggest distractions. I wanna put more in there, but having those things and identifying those things was, uh, was a massive key there for going out and eliminating the distractions. But again, a billionaire, just like us, people have social anxiety and, you know, a couple of other things that I wanted to talk about was you had other people in there that I watch on social media and they're amazing. Like their content's amazing. When I meet them in person, I'm like, man, this person is a a straight up badass. Like you just look up to them and you figure like they got it all figured out. They're putting themselves out there. The confidence is through the roof. And then you hear them say things in the room like, my biggest concern is I'm so worried about what other people think. And I'm like, man, I would have never thought that about that person. I had no idea that they cared at all. They look like they could care less. And then you realize, again, we're all humans. We're all people. We're all doing the same stuff. Uh, my buddy Austin Rutherford got up there. And uh, he's a 8-game podcast. Shout out to him. Another guy, multi-multi-millionaire, killer real estate guy. Nice dude. Such a nice dude. So quiet relaxed, and relaxed that he got up and he did a thing about branding because he's, got, he's killing it, he's making six figures easily just through his social media between his TikTok and his Instagram. So we talked a little bit about doing those things. Then it became again, like, hey, I can get you guys a brand. These are the things you have to do to grow yourself and get eyeballs out there. But who's scared about people hating on them and people talking crap about them or you know, people trying to expose them or whatever it might be. And like everybody in the room was like, yeah, I don't wanna put myself out there because what if people say X, Y, and Z? And that was another thing that they came up with like hey man haters hate on people that are successful but haters don't have haters like so they don't have to deal with that because nobody cares so whenever you're putting yourself out there it's just going to happen and you just have to deal with it and you have to get thicker skin and austin who's a guy who looks like he's got it mastered for the social media stuff i mean the guy is becomes confident as all hell he's, he's, some of his things get millions and millions of views and he was talking about how it took him like an hour to even hit record on his first live. And then he was like worried about like, what are people gonna think? Nobody's gonna watch this. And he still gets people hating on him all the time, talking crap, and he's out there putting tons of great content and great information out there that's got so much value, and people are still judging him and complaining that it's not enough. So at the end of the day, it becomes who cares? So my takeaway from that was post ghost again, kind of like Rogan says all the time, put the content out there, don't read the comments, who cares? The people that are going to find you, want to work with you they're going to find a way to do it and then what he's done is he's built a culture where he puts so much value out there and he's got so many people that love him that they're starting to come to his defense when somebody tries to hate on him he doesn't even have to do it because they kind of jump on them which is pretty cool so that was another takeaway shout out to austin rutherford he was fantastic bobby castro the billionaire was fantastic there was another guy there too that was interesting um he was a former convict he had a bunch of drug issues and violence issues and felonies and all kinds of stuff and he turned his life around, you know, and he wound up selling his business for, I think, 115 million, and I think he's in multiple giant businesses like that. But takeaway I got from that is, one, like, who you were is not who you are. It's not too late for anybody to change their life for the better, it's not too late for anybody to be successful, I don't care where you are, who you came from, what your background is, how you grew up, I think everybody's got a shot, whether it's Mark Evans in the trailer park, Austin Rutherford, another guy from Ohio, or somebody like, uh, like the gentleman that I saw, that came from a background of like going to prison, dodging the ire, like all these crazy things. And one of the things he talked about was when he finally got to the point in his life where he had things under control and he was waiting to make this sale for like $115 million, it was just anticlimactic. It was kind of like the guy got on the phone and was like, Okay, deal's closed. You sign this, you sign this, everybody good. Yep, you no longer own that business, it's sold. Money will be in your account. And then he's like, I basically just sat around and kept refreshing my bank account page to see when my money was going to pop in there. But it was very anticlimactic and then it became, well, what am I going to do now that I just made $115 million? And the next day, he was out there in the cold with his wife or girlfriend or project manager, whoever it was, in like Massachusetts somewhere, looking at a new construction deal he was going to do in the freezing cold. And the joke he made was his assistant turned around and said, we're never going to take a day off, are we? So you would think like, hey, dude just hit $115 million. he's going to be in Maui, he's going to be in Honolulu, whoever. But no, it's like, we're entrepreneurs, like you're never gonna have that satisfaction. It just becomes, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And yeah, it buys you time, but I feel like entrepreneurs are like fighters in the sense that they never wanna retire. You look at the guys that are like, yeah, I've had it, You know, I put the hard work in, and I'm gonna retire. And then six, nine, 12, 18, 24 months, they're trying to make a comeback, they're back in the gym, they're like, oh, I'm starting to feel it again. So that's what you have in you as the entrepreneur. So you're never gonna really have that thing. There's always the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing, and that's why we're always chasing and growing, and that's why you have the guys out there like Bobby Cashos and Mark Evans because it doesn't become, you know, you wanna make six figures, then you wanna make mid six figures, then you wanna make seven figures, then you wanna make mid seven, that's the growing path. And you, when you surround yourself with other people, you look at it and you see that there's so much more out there, there's so many different levels, and then you look and you see this whole new level exposed in the mountain, and then you wanna get to that. You wanna climb that, and you see a whole new group. So. It's kind of like a a never-ending conquest. It's an adventure, as my buddy Alex Stewart from Gracie Torrance would say, because a journey has a destination, and an adventure doesn't. And that's more kind of what we're doing here. So, you know, that goes back to a lot of the people we've had on the podcast that achieve amazing things like winning a UFC title, winning a Super Bowl. And they go, once that happens, then I'll feel different, or things will be different. And then you realize that it's not. It just becomes like, okay, I did that thing. And then there's almost a level of, like, depression of... Like, well, what do I do now? I'm at the top of the hill, at the top of the mountain. Now where do I go? Now where do I do? So just a whole other, it's all mental. You know, it's all the head games again. It's all the stuff we're dealing with. But, you know, meeting guys like uh, seeing Austin and Jennings and my buddy Mike Burns, who's killing it right now and is some of the best health of his life and watching him grow over the years. Mike Seidel, um, Garrison that was there, who's incredible. You guys got to follow him. Eddie uh, LM, the, uh, another guy that uh, was the host of the, of the whole thing. Freaking awesome MC. Great story, you know, and again, kind of tying back in, uh, my buddy JP came. Uh, TJ, we got to do a bunch of uh, jujitsu with TJ White and talk business. Awesome guy. So we got some jujitsu in there. We got some business in there. We got some socializing in there. My buddy JP came down from Fort Lauderdale. If you guys ever need a realtor, and that, no, he's, I'm sorry, he came down to Fort Lauderdale. You guys need a, a realtor in the Jupiter area. He's a real estate guy there. I can definitely link you up. Um, but it was good, you know, I got to spend some time with some friends, um, new and old. Got to do some jujitsu and got to get exposed to some new stuff from multimillionaires and billionaires. I got to wake up, run on the beach, and the last part here is again—you know—I could have easily made excuses that things are too busy. I don't have the time to go right now. I don't have the time to get up early. I don't have the time to go to the movie. I'm going to skip this. I'm going to skip the after party. And I'm a little bit of an introvert, which I know is kind of weird because all I do is freaking talk on podcasts and stuff like that. But I am—I'm—I'm a little bit shy. I get social anxiety. I'm a little bit nervous and. Feel out of place in a lot of the times so i'm never upset when i actually make the decision to fight through all that social anxiety and show up and i'm really happy that i pushed through and i went to the premiere and then i spent all day getting comfortable and networking at the event and then went to the mardi gras after party and hang out with everybody and got up in the morning with the jujitsu so fight through those things don't give yourself an out and don't let yourself have an excuse because we're all nervous going to new places and trying new things and being in new crowds just do it anyway, I never regret moving past that fear and going and doing stuff. it's always a great time, even if I get nothing out of it it's just again something that you conquered you didn't let it conquer you and come in and mastermind like that and then again, it would have been very easy to just get drunk or eat a bunch of crappy food um, but that's not the commitment that I made for myself. I still told myself, hey remember I'm going to get up early every day I'm going to do my meditation I'm going to do my gratitude stuff all the stuff i talked about in a past podcast for the thanksgiving episode thanksgiving resolution and i did and i got up very early and i worked out and i did my cardio and my physical stuff and my jiu-jitsu and then my mental stuff and then my reading and then i set time aside for work and i got all that stuff done and even when we were going to go out to like the movies or to the after party i went and i ordered salads and i ate them before i went there so i wouldn't make set myself up to make better decisions as far as food and stuff because if i went there hungry. I'm eating the crap, I'm eating the donuts, I'm drinking the alcohol. Didn't drink any alcohol, which was totally fine. So I, you know, sometimes again, I would think, well, you gotta have a drink if you're loose. Otherwise, no, it was totally fine. And then I walk up clear and I didn't make terrible food choices. I was able to taste a little bit of this, taste a little bit of that, but I didn't have to go overboard because I had already made the healthy choice. And that's another thing I've been promising myself is like, hey man, you can eat whatever you want, but order a salad first with some protein. And then if you still want the thing after, then you can get it and what you start to realize is you don't want it. So again, comes down to building habits like I'm learning from Atomic Habits in the book, The Mountain Is You, shout out to Sonya Ray, and then just surrounding yourself with the right people and learning what you need that time. So next time I go back there, maybe it won't be the distraction, but I'm gonna take the pieces that I learned there because people think you're gonna go to these masterminds and take away a hundred things. That's not what it is. It's taking two or three things there that you can implement, adjust, or take away from the stuff you're doing or not doing, right or wrong, And use it to help do things a little bit bigger a little bit faster a little bit stronger a little bit safer and then wait for the next one and then readjust there as well and go there and take a handful of relationships that maybe you're new or that you can strengthen and that's what exactly i feel i did so shout out to everybody i saw there shout out to kim who ran the whole thing for mark and again that comes down to you saw her hustling and and running around and stressing out over getting things done and making sure it's right that's somebody that you put the right people in the right place that she cares about actually bringing a great game and making it a great event, and that's part of what it does. So, you know, look for those people, nurture those relationships, treat them well, and amazing things can happen. So, met my first billionaire, and shocker, he's just like you and I. Same stuff, same insecurities, same self-doubt, and he's followed the same system, steps and processes, emotionally, physically, financially, that we all know we need to do, that we've read about in every successful book, but he just stuck to it, and those are the keys to success the secret to success is that there is no secret to success it's dedication it's hard work it's tenacity it's follow through itself accountability all the things we've been talking about go out there take a couple of steps today do it Hey, game podcast thank you guys so much if you decide you would like to do some real estate together text me directly at 516-540-5733 text the word real estate we could talk about you buying properties from from me selling properties to me or finding a way that we can partner together go to nicknick.com slash biggerpockets to get a free checklist and go to nicknick.com slash links to subscribe to this podcast L-A-N-K-S and it will show you all the ways to connect with us on social media so please connect with me, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok wherever you want to connect, watch our YouTube subscribe to our YouTube, join our community on Facebook, our group to uh, ask any questions you want and I look forward to uh, putting out some more great episodes with some great guests, I appreciate everybody Thank you so much. Thank you, Mark Evans, for putting on a great event. And thank you for all my buddies that I got to reconnect or connect with there. Have a great day. 8 Game Podcast.